0: Hi, my friends, welcome back to Small Town Big Ministry with Pastor Luke and Molly. Hello. Good to be back, and uh, we're going to be talking about leadership in the church, and um, when we talk about leadership in the church, we're talking about something kind of unique and, and different than, I think, most other organizations, because we have really just a strange mixture of of staff people um, and volunteers and uh, different leaders doing a lot of different things that uh, we're, we're all working together towards a common goal, but um, it's it's a little bit, um, I don't know, unique, I would say. Um, and so we're going to kind of dive into a little bit of our history with that, and um, Where we came from, you know, when I started at our church, um, it was me as the full-time senior pastor. We had a a youth pastor, and we had a part-time secretary, administrative assistant, and so in in the course of, you know, a few months, we had uh, been, uh, we lost our youth pastor. He, He resigned, and then we started looking for a new youth director, and um, so in the interim, you know, we depended on volunteers for all our youth Mm -hmm. ministry stuff, and we didn't have much going on with children's ministry. We had some uh, Sunday school teachers who were pretty committed to Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of about all we had going on for children's ministry.
1: There was a rotation of volunteers for uh, the kids' church at the time.
0: Right. Right. But uh, I don't remember any one person directing that or being in charge of it. It was...
1: The Christian ed, I think, at the time kind of spearheaded that. Which,
0: you know, for a lot of churches, um, you know, and smaller churches especially, you have different boards who are taking on responsibility Mm -hmm. for different things. So a Christian ed board might uh, oversee all your Sunday school, all your kids' ministry, maybe all your youth ministry as well. Um, And maybe they have one or two volunteers that they're working with who are kind of taking charge of those things Mm -hmm. um, where we came to a conclusion that um, in our church, we needed more leadership, um, more specific uh, direction in some of those areas in order to improve them. So uh, we did have the, the benefit of being at least big enough as a church that we could hire, we could afford to hire um, a youth director, and, and so we, we did that um, uh, pretty quickly, I think. I mean, really, when when uh, one youth pastor left, and, and uh, the time in between was only a summer hmm. um, before we hired uh, the new youth pastor, um, and, you know, things aren't all equal, so not all, every hire is going to have equal ability or sure. c- competency or, or, you know, leadership, Um so, you know, th- we had a, a time when that was, uh, you know, it was a struggle. We, we um, needed some more help. And so we recruited some more people to get involved. We hired a uh, children's intern, mm-hmm. children's ministry intern, um, because we saw that was a big deficit we had was our children's ministry really needed some improvement. Well, at that time, for a church of our size, trying to bring in a fourth staff member was kind of ambitious, um, but uh, we we worked it out and uh, we took a step of faith and we hired somebody and uh, it turned out to be probably our best um, move, you know, structurally for the church to have that person mm-hmm. come in and really orchestrate and organize the children's ministry and uh, and then. They stayed for, I don't know, a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then you took over after that. But in the in the course of time, you know, we've had a few different staff members, but most of them have been uh, long tenured. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been here 15 years. You've been uh, on staff for 11 mm-hmm. years. Last year was your 10-year anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Pam, our secretary, has been on staff for 12 years, and Seth has been on staff for – Seven, Something years, like that, yeah. seven years, seven years, and while. then uh, our former youth director before they left uh, was on staff for nine years. Um, so we've had some pretty good, long tenured um, staff people, and I think that that is important. Um, I- if they're if they're doing their job right, right, right. <laughs> if they're not, I guess it can be a, a detriment <laughs> if right. they stay too long. But uh, when they're doing a good job, then uh, it, I think it definitely adds to um, the overall you know, growth and, and trajectory and the health of the church. And I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why I think people stick around, whether they're staff or volunteer. Um, why they stick around, I believe part of it, at least one portion of it, is uh, ownership. I think if they have a sense of, Identity and ownership in their ministry. They feel like it really is their, you know, their baby that they can mm-hmm. they can see grow and mature and develop, and they have a sense of purpose in in that. They're not just working a job, but it, it really is a calling, and uh, it's their calling. Like they really truly believe, like this is what God has gifted them to to do. They're they're good at it. They're seeing some. Um, some fruit from it, Mm -hmm. then I think that over and above everything else, you know, that's going to keep somebody somewhere. Um, Yeah,
1: like when um, I took over uh, the children's ministry position, um, I had really already been working as the sidekick to the children's pastor Mm -hmm. for a couple years and helping her really um, be discerning on like, what are some in, ways that we can be intentional in developing some of the programs? What's important? And, I, and she needed help, you know, and just not ideas. So um, myself and a couple other people really came along and walked alongside of her. So when she, was, when she left, it, it was just kind of a, a natural transition for me to come in mm-hmm. and kind of um, help fill in the gaps until the next person. Was gonna be hired, and right. then in that, in the in the few months after that, I think we realized that I was the next person. And I never thought I would go into children's ministry per se, but at that particular time and season, um, we had two little ones, and one who was newly in the children's ministry, and I saw how important it was mm-hmm. at, for something uh, to be happening that was intentional that had. Purpose for the kids and not just our kids, but the other kids that uh, were coming. And there were a lot of kids that started coming and I could see the areas that where we needed improvement. And I I just knew my gifting that I could, um, I could fill in those, you know, places and offer leadership in those areas. You're
0: a natural leader. So um, it it seemed, yeah, like a, a good fit no matter what area that you're in, you're going to be leading. Um, and so that becomes kind of the, the most important virtue of people, you know, who are in ministry is that uh, can they lead? And what does that even mean mm. to, to be a leader? Um, you know, what are the, the attributes of a leader? And, you know, my um, thinking on this is that a leader, um, they, they get the stuff done. I mean, that's the main issue. I mean, uh, people talk about influence. They can influence people. They can, uh, people will follow them, and, and that's true, and, and I don't uh, doubt that. But um, the reality is that if, um, if you're not getting stuff done, then you're not leading. A- and, and every area of ministry um, needs somebody who can accomplish things, who, who's competent enough to see something through to organize it to vision you know to vision it out to have an idea for what this is going to be to make it happen Mm -hmm. and then recruit other other people to come alongside you Um, that's where the growth and the um, exponential you know uh, movement comes from is that you're not just doing it on your own well you
1: can't can't do it on your own. You have to have other people coming alongside of you and supporting you and who own it as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's part of leadership. You and I both have kind of discovered that along the way we have to be communicating with people and encouraging them. And um, I think people need to know that they are valued. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I mean, I have uh, there's some people who are volunteers now and we have volunteers who've been in the same positions for years and years and years. There's longevity there with a lot of our volunteers. And um, I just remember some of them recruiting them at the beginning, um, some of them that were like older, maybe closer to retirement, not retired yet, and like, oh, I don't think I can help or be in that ministry because I'm not really in tuned with the younger people anymore. Mm -hmm. And then really just saying, but you are like, you're a natural with them and telling them like what their attributes and gifts are and what you see. And that can really encourage them to give it a try. And sometimes that's what you're encouraging people to do. Let's just give it a try. Oh yeah. You know, I Uh, mean, I
0: think a lot of people discover what they're good at just by testing it out. Right. You know, and, uh, uh, just come I remember <laughs> I didn't know what I was gonna be good at in ministry until I tried a lot of different things mm-hmm. and I found the the areas that I kind of gravitated to, I had results in, I enjoyed and I wouldn't have known that if you'd have just sat down with a quiz and said, What do you you know think you're gonna be right. good at? I, I, there's no be you no know, way I could figure that out. So and
1: sometimes people realize, you know, this isn't you know, what I want to do. Sure, It's not fulfilling or I don't feel like I can really put into it what it needs. And we as leaders need to be able to say, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And not make them feel guilty about it and thank them for the time they have put into it and and let them move on to the next thing.
0: So what do you do with somebody who's not gifted in an area, but they don't want to stop doing what they're doing (laughs) 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 Uh, that's that can be really tough we and one of the things that you know I have seen over the years is that some people um, will become territorial about uh, an area or um, even a space, you know, in, in the church. and It
1: happens a lot in it, smaller churches. It happens a lot, too. I think, yeah. in
0: smaller churches, maybe especially. Maybe it does happen in bigger churches, too. I think it's a little harder for it to happen in bigger churches because you have so many people mm-hmm. that are doing things. Um, but we, it's a strange balance. You yeah. want to have um, ownership over these ministries, and, and you want some ownership over spaces, too, to a degree, because y- – when I have ownership over a space, then I wanna make it comfortable, I right. wanna make it look good, I wanna keep it clean, I want it to be functional. You need to
1: have some control over it. Yeah. But we do share most of our spaces. Right. At our and church. that's the
0: thing is that you can't become, you know, agitated if somebody else comes in and uses your space and maybe they don't put it back the exactly the way that yeah. you had it. Or, you know, you I don't know. Some people don't want to share and right. they, they get kind of upset if they're Um, sharing their space at all where in our church we have to share Mm -hmm. i mean there's there's not enough room for everybody to have their own unique individual space that nobody else uses Um, especially in you know with our children's ministry Mm -hmm. children's ministry shares a lot of our spaces our sanctuary included um, on a weekly basis so so you want to have ownership but you don't want to become territorial and I think that a lot of that's personality-driven. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things, that you, you know, you see it after it happens. You know, somebody becomes territorial and they're hard to work with and they don't want to share and they're always complaining about, you know, what's happening in their ministry or their space. And uh, I don't know, I mean, how you, um, you know, remove somebody like that. In, in a smaller church, it's almost impossible because um, everything's tied with family and friends and long you know longevity of connection and you can't just go in and fire somebody i think in a bigger church they can prevent that to a degree because you can just say you're not going to serve here anymore and if you're going to act like this then here are the repercussions or <laughs> right. whatever in a smaller church you're dealing with you know interpersonal relationships and so you're managing all those things on a very careful spectrum. You know, you're really trying to make sure you don't offend people. And yet, you, and, and so as the, the leader, you know, my position as a pastor, I, a lot of that um, hopefully happens from the pulpit, that I can speak to um, what the right attitude in ministry is on a a higher level, I guess. I don't know, higher level. I mean, like 30,000 foot level. Like, you're looking at the whole church and saying, you know, what? a couple of things that, that I've done over the years. Um, you know, you talk about there's no assigned seating. You know, there's no reserve seating in the sanctuary. <laughs> that,
1: we probably need to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, well, it probably <laughs> do. But,
0: um, you know, every once in a while you you talk about, you know, that we are here for the visitors. We're here to, to share Christ with people. And th- so we can't get too caught up as a people who, you know, spend a lot of time in the church, um, and have a, a long history in the church. If we get territorial about stuff, even where we sit on a Sunday morning, then we're no longer, you know, helping the new person come in and feel comfortable and we've lost our, our message, mm-hmm. our mission. You know, that's, that's not what we're here for. Um, and so if you can talk about some of those things, you know, um, the uh, from the pulpit, then you can lead it. You know, in other areas, and people can, like, you can t- bring it up in a meeting. You know, mm-hmm. down the road, like, well, hey, there's no, no reserved seating, so hey, we got to be careful about how we're acting and uh, that kind of thing. In well, sometimes different areas you of can
1: kind of talk about some of these issues. That's kind of the easy button in, mm-hmm. in a group setting where it's really one person, but you're talking to everybody about it. But sometimes you really do just have to. Almost mm-hmm. suck it up and, be oh, and yeah. have personal conversations with people. And it's hard. You have to be kind of diplomatic, but sometimes you just got to, you know.
0: Pull the Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so, yeah, there's, there's different strategies here. And um, I would say that the shotgun approach is kind of what I'm talking about from the pulpit mm-hmm. level. Um, what that does, it, it doesn't address a particular issue. What it does is it sets a tone. Sure for the church in general, so that people understand the the heart and the, the basic reasoning why you're doing stuff and uh, the attitude that has to go into it. When you're dealing with a particular situation, uh, it's almost um, going to be required at some point that you address it, you know, face-to-face, one-on-one, mm-hmm. as graciously as you can, um, but, you know, Somehow you gotta address the fact that hey, this isn't this isn't how we do things. Yeah, um, and it can't be the way that we do things if it's worth you know upsetting the boat about. You know, some things aren't. Some things are just like um, not worth destroying a. Because I mean, the reality is that if some people you, you're gonna talk to them about something like that, and they can't they handle will, it. Yeah. They can't handle it. They'll leave. They'll quit, they'll, you know, they, they'll they hate you for it, um, and so you're always judging, okay, is the this risk, something, yeah, Yeah, is this something that is worth, is a, a hill worth dying on yeah. or not, Yeah. and if it's not, then you kind of manage it. If it is, then you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do and let the chips fall where they may, which in church ministry is hard because the other aspect of, you know, we were talking a little bit about staff and leadership, but the, the the workforce of the church is volunteer based Mm -hmm. and the funding is volunteer based. I mean, it's all donation. It's all donated money. It's all donated time. Um, And, and, you know, depending on your governance, I mean, you may be dealing with people who are positionally in leadership um, in a way that may be almost uh, hard to, To navigate, you know, you're the children's pastor, but you're dealing with somebody who's, you know, the uh, on the deacon board, or somebody who's an Mm -hmm. elder of the church, or something, and they're serving in your area, and they may see themselves as your boss, you know, or something, Uh, or they're a a, they're a major giver, you know, and so they think that they have some some right um, to have more say or more Mm -hmm, influence, which you know, in our church over the years, um, I think that we've really navigated that pretty well we don't really allow for that to to happen Um,
1: yeah like in our church the the dynamic and makeup of our church I think is pretty healthy like Mm -hmm. if you look at it um, and when you put when you're able to put paid staff people in who have the authority, right. I think it does clear up some issues like, mm-hmm. well, I this is my job <laughs> and I'm getting paid to do this job and I have the authority to do that. And I think sometimes, um, you know, you're dealing with kind of like fuzzy gray area authority with some of these issues. But mm-hmm. when you can come in and say, well, I'm actually being hired to improve this area or to develop this area, it does make it a little easier. And sometimes, you know, it takes years to actually get it to where you want it to be. You know, Mm -hmm. because you are dealing with volunteers and you need volunteers. Right. Um, And sometimes you just have to really entrust some of those, um, the Lord, to work out some of those issues. And and it's not always on our timetable, and that can be super frustrating for me because I am a doer. I'm I'm also kind of a perfectionist. I see all the holes, Mm -hmm. and I want them to... Um, not be there, you know, and I see the areas that need to be improved, but I can't, um, we can't improve them all at once. And so we kind of have to be very strategic and intentional and, and bring people along and kind of grow people into where we want to be and not just expect them to Mm -hmm. be there right away, just because we are.
0: Right. Well, and, and how we do that to a degree is you, um, you do delegate things. I, I, this is kind of how i Feel like I operate is, I delegate some things to people um, to allow them to have a, a ability to to lead, to serve in their mm-hmm. own way, um, which may sometimes mean allowing people to fail, yeah, or, or you know at least get in over their head or get into uncomfortable positions mm-hmm. um, because you're gonna um, set them free <laughs> to do some things um, in certain areas where. Um, You know, I I just think about right now we have uh, some pretty young people serving in pretty important areas of the church. Mm -hmm. So we have, you know, uh, the chairman of our deacon board and the chairman of our trustee board um, are both guys in their mid 20s, young guys. And so I love that. I love the fact that uh, the church will entrust some of these things to some of these younger people and let them serve in those areas and um, and I think they're doing a great job. they, they uh, are uh, all about serving um, and they're learning as they go and, um, and and that's kind of the point is that you're allowing people to grow and learn um, and, and kind of get their feet wet in that area. so but with volunteers you know you're you're dealing with this dynamic where, Um, You have to somehow give them some ownership, but also some direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And the problem can be because we do have a pretty strong staff, uh, which is one of the transitions that we've made over the years. So the church, I think initially when we started uh, 15 years ago, was more board driven. Um, has become more staff-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't change our polity. We didn't change our governance or anything to, to make that happen. I think what has happened is naturally over time, as we gain trust because we are here for a long time and people begin to, they know us, they know how we do things, and they know our character, uh, they trust us, then um, then we gain certain amount of authority because of that. So mm-hmm. we don't have to go in and change, you know, how the church is structured. Um, It just becomes a natural uh, development. But uh, when you have strong leaders, then the volunteers, I think this is a danger, um, can tend to say, well, they're going to handle that and I'm just going to show up. And uh, trying to, you know, retain that strong leadership, but somehow also raise up other people to do you know, some leading uh, I think is one of the big challenges.
1: Yeah, it's a huge challenge, and I think sometimes the volunteers, because uh, we've been doing this for so long now, that when you do something for so long, and hopefully you're being te- you're teachable, mm-hmm. you're going to improve over time, and so sometimes the volunteers are watching you and going there's no way I could ever be like that like so it would actually be better for you just to do it (laughs) and me to you know kind of just sit back here in the background because I'm not as equipped as you and you have a gift that I don't have when this is where it's really important that we're communicating to the volunteers and and really bringing them up and encouraging them and letting them know what you're doing is important no matter what uh, job it is. And when you see specific gifting f- of leadership in these volunteers, that you're taking the time, and that can be hard too. You're taking the time to d- help develop that leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, for me, just my personality, um, I just wish I could duplicate myself and just do it all. Like, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. But I can't, and that's not healthy either, you know, for right. the church body. Um, so, like, I, I just know on myself I have to be improving in that area of delegating and bringing volunteers along and communicating and helping them and giving them ownership too, not just making all the decisions on my own. But um, just one thing I did this last year was I developed a just a, a leadership team, people who are – who are already showing some leadership and ownership in ministry. There's like seven or eight of them. And uh, just four times a year, which we are due to have another meeting, um, just talking about some of the changes or areas that need to be improved or how I can come alongside of them. And we're just having conversations and um and it's like all of them are like well thank you so much for you know like listening you know so it's like it means something to them that you're listening to them and that they do have ownership of it and that helps too
0: Mm -hmm. so i mean what you want to do is retain your volunteers Mm -hmm. from session to session or you know event to event so you're not you know um, having to start over all over again every time. And that's part of that uh, process, I think, is um, giving them a, a certain amount of, of ability to be involved, ownership, um, to have a voice in it, to direct it. Um, and, but, I mean, I look at our ministry, and I think, you know, a lot of the things that we do are staff-driven and volunteer-supported. Um, right. You know, we're, we're, we're heading up or spearheading uh, a lot of the mm-hmm. programs and events, um, and then we're recruiting a lot of volunteers to come alongside and help us uh, to do some of those things. It might be an area where we need to expand, you know, a little bit um, to where we can delegate an event to a volunteer and say, "Okay, here's one that we'd love for you to to lead, and we'll be your resource." Right. It's a little scary to <laughs> to do that, you know, because you're you're trusting somebody with something it may be something that is going really well, um, that has a, a great impact. And, but it's like, well, I, I, need to, you know, um, focus my energies elsewhere and let somebody take that over. Right. Um, but, uh, that's, I think part of that growth pains that we've been going through for years, which is, you know, we, we're not quite at the place where we've got, all these things figured out we're still learning and growing and trying to figure out how to do a little bit better
1: well and also i noticed that with the pandemic like for a year and a half it really kind of set us back Mm -hmm. um the some volunteers i've had forever, all of a sudden they're coming back like maybe they had to take a break and it's almost like they were starting over like they kind of almost forgot how to do certain things or whatever so it's it kind of set us back a little bit, and so we you have to allow room, like lots of graciousness there, allow room for people to kind of get adapted again to how things go and the expectation and the standards that you have. Sure, and we're still in that. It's like um, I have, I had a couple areas that I was um, already talking to some people, like, hey, I. You're, you're like uh, my sidekick in this particular area. Do you want to take charge next time and then I'll be the sidekick? Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened and it didn't quite <laughs> happen. Yeah. So it's like not to forget, you know, to go back to that.
0: Well, I, I look at the pandemic as having been a pruning process. You know, um, there, were, there were some things that happened where you kind of learned kind of where people are really at. Where we'd been, I think, I don't know, we'd been growing enough and and uh, had enough people involved in a lot of different areas where you you know, you kind of almost lose track of of how how people are responding. you know they they were mm. they were coming to church, and, and I'll speak just in very general terms in terms of um, just church attendance. You know, you had a lot of people uh, showing up on Sunday morning. Um, And that looks like for a lot of churches like success, like you've you've reached, you know, this Mm -hmm. this place where everything's going great because you have all this attendance. Um, But the the amount of commitment that people were actually putting in, whether they were serving or um, if they were involved in any other aspect other than just coming to worship uh, may not have been there or whether they were really in sync with the, the heart and the message mm-hmm. of, of who we are as a church. Because um, you can kind of come in and be anonymous and leave and never really get the, the heart of what, what this is all about. And I think that was happening to a degree where the pandemic kind of, I don't know, it sifted out a little bit of that. Um, and, and we've, you know, we've had uh, some great growth over the last uh, year or so.
1: But I don't know if you feel like this. I I feel like this with the children's ministry that we were, I was kind of passing the baton to some people. It was like uh, Mm mid-pass before that happened. And then then a lot of things fell back onto the staff again. Sure. And um, because people had, I mean, our church doors, um, I mean, we were still doing a lot of ministry, but how we were doing it really changed. Like our worship service moved outside for months. Mm -hmm. um and it's it's like we kind of had to take a step back from how we were doing it and readjust and it it, the staff we did we're doing a lot of it on our own again yeah um and so that's where I you know I mean like we kind of almost took a step back and it's now we're kind of getting out of that and I think people are ready to step back we're
0: starting to to move past that but yeah for the last two years I, I feel like 20 and 21 have been the lost years almost. Yeah. It, it's like we we're, we were kind of in survival mode in a way. I mean, especially in 2020, um, I felt like we couldn't do anything other than just be, try to be healthy and uh, do good things. Stay connected. And not push people and not, you know, rock the boat and mm-hmm. not really advance. I mean, even just inviting people to church was like, I don't know if we can even do that right now. Um Outside, you know, our, our church body because it's like, well, they're afraid to get together. They're afraid to be in mm-hmm. a, a space with th- these people, um, you know, with in a crowd. And and we still, you know, almost two years later, have people that are nervous about being in a crowd. Um, so it's it's still kind of like, oh, we're kind of getting to a point where maybe we can do more outreach we do a lot of outreach we We do a lot um but uh trying to encourage those people to show up on a sunday morning is kind of like uh you know
1: they were kind of they're kind of doing it on their own though right i feel like it's kind of uh, the fruit of the labor is kind of like catching up A little bit, which is we need. Mm -hmm. I needed to see that because it is that can get kind of like a discouraging. Because we were talking about that the last time. Like sometimes you never do see the fruit um, of the seeds that you're planting. um, I think
0: we see it in yeah, right now with um, we have a reputation. I mean we've we've been consistent. We've we've um, been healthy, and we've we've done good outreach even through the pandemic. And that reputation, I think, precedes. Uh, to where people are, you know, when they're thinking about attending or visiting or checking out a church, they think about our church. Uh, at least it's on their list. Yeah, it's um, on their radar. Yeah. yeah. And so I think we're starting to see some of that. And I think we're on the the verge of really being able to start that purposeful, intentional outreach where we're saying, yeah, come, come to church, and uh, we we just uh, we're ready to to grow. Past where we have ever been, um, but yeah, it's been a struggle trying to <laughs> keep uh, keep the momentum going when when you're just trying to survive in, in that sense of okay, we're, we would, we don't want to quit doing we didn't quit doing too many things we we pretty much did our whole spectrum of ministry. We just
1: had to readapt. We in had to do it differently, areas, but yeah. we
0: we tried to make sure we did everything, and a lot of that fell back on staff mm-hmm. and i think that's where some smaller churches the the pastors are worn out they're just absolutely exhausted and there's been yeah. a lot of um pastors uh, who have left in ministry um even in our own community uh, we saw a couple pastors who resigned or retired or left or you know whatever and um i think that was just a result of a lot of that fell back on the pastor and not only that but I mean, there was a lot of conflict involved in in some of these decisions. You know, how do we, how do we, decide, who wears masks and who doesn't, and when, yeah. and, and uh, all the different stuff. Do we have a service? Do we not? Do we stay outside? Do we come inside? Mm-hmm. And all those things that were kind of touchy. And, um, and and if you are struggling with trying to have figure out how to make those decisions, and don't have a strong support of your church body, I mean, it's gonna where on you? Yeah. Um, where, when you have uh, a strong, healthy church and uh, you have uh, a leadership that's been around for a while, uh, I think that you can navigate those things a little mm-hmm. bit better. Um, so, um, any any last thoughts on you know what are the biggest challenges of of uh, uh, serving or, or, or recruiting volunteers um, along those lines? I know that's always the big question. When people look at um, the things that we've done, you know, we're not a huge church. I mean, we're, you know, a little over 300 these days. And um, but yet we we pull off some things that I think people are just amazed by uh, with the number of volunteers that we have and things. And I mean, we have a strong um, body of people that are are committed and Mm -hmm. they're serving and they're just involved.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we have big ministry in our small community, and we're we're making an imprint um, just with the volunteers. I think before like pre-pandemic, for the first six or seven years, I was trying to really develop um, as many volu- bring along as many volunteers as possible in the different areas that we had, um, so that people weren't burned out. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the same people doing all these things. Um, Now I'm kind of, like, um, rethinking how and where I'm placing people, again, like, now post-pandemic. And I'm really thinking more of an A-team, you know, strategy with my volunteers. Um, And uh, which means that uh, less volunteers, and I haven't done this yet. Like, I'm thinking through this as I'm moving forward for 2022. um, is, like, the volunteers who are invested and have ownership and aren't just physically showing up, but they're like, this is important and they're doing a great job. Um, and saying, like, really kind of having a smaller group of volunteers, but they're going to have to step up and serve more. Um, that's kind of where I want to go. So mm-hmm. this is where that communication and ownership and and not being defensive when volunteers are, you know, they, you know, criticize or they're giving you – uh, constructive criticism, <laughs> I should say. Sure. Um, like, well, th- you know, not being defensive about it, but saying, okay, well, let me hear, like, cause sometimes they're serving in areas or spots with the kids that I'm not cause I'm leading or I'm in a different area. So it's really important to really listen to them. And then, so, I mean, I just think like, as far as retaining the volunteers, um, I think communication and we don't have a ton of meetings, especially over the last year and a half, but, I just think we probably need to go back to having a little more um, trainings and meetings again, but very purposeful Mm -hmm. and intentional. um, And uh, yeah, and just kind of, it's like we're kind of getting people back on board again. um, And it's like, we're kind of redoing some of the stuff. I feel like we did five years ago. It's like, we have to kind of bring some of that stuff back.
0: Yeah, well, I, I would say most ministry feels like that. Like you... You, you, you're almost on a cycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in this part of the cycle, we're growing, and then the next part of the cycle is going to be, you know, we're going to assimilate, and then another part of the cycle is we're going to be training and recruiting. And you're always kind of recycling back through some of those uh, issues just because it's the nature of ministry. I mean, you have uh, people... Um, coming and going, it, mm-hmm. you, you know. That's it, true. And that's just how it is, especially with um, children's and youth ministry where you see it in the kids, especially they're growing up and moving out. Yeah, well, moving on to youth. Or in, in, into the youth program and then they're out. But part of that too is that their parents and their parents, um, Yeah, their parents especially are maybe they're very interested in helping when their kids are in the program. Mm -hmm. But once their kids are not in the program, then they're they're not interested in really being part of it. Yeah, the youth
1: people they have it made because like some of these volunteers they're they're serving alongside their kids in these programs. So they've been trained for six years (laughs) in the kids ministry before they they go on to the youth ministry. It's like you're welcome. They benefit (laughs) from
0: from your your experience. (laughs) Right. For sure. But um, yeah, I, I think that's that's part of this struggle is is constantly just you're having to recruit and train and, and it sounds like you know there's a an idea here to to have more of a almost a sub staff right. you know, like we, you have your leaders that are really invested and then maybe there's another sub you know category beyond that that's you know the 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 general population mm-hmm. that's coming in to help um, maybe they're just you know. Uh, A la carte, you know, they come and help for an event or a thing, you know, here and there. But
1: and you have to have space for those for everyone who wants to serve. But like, I wanted, I do want to say that um, just with we have a policy and a framework in place too, as Mm -hmm. we're kind of closing up here um, to make our ministry very safe for the kids and the volunteers because predators will go where they can get easy access.
0: Yeah, and that was an interesting process because we started that probably more than, what, it a- was about 10 years ago, Within say, the or? first
1: year that I started on full-time, mm-hmm. and I'd only been in one other church um, that actually had a policy and a screening process in place. So all the other churches that I had gone to never did.
0: So when we say policy, we mean a child protection policy, and it's a background check, and it's a – uh, character, um, I don't know, reference point for for anybody serving in our children's or youth ministry, and and for a church of our size in our community, where you know it's a small community of thirty seven hundred um, people, kind of pushed back on that, like we know everybody here, and why do we need this? And and that and some people actually, here. yeah, they didn't even want to do it, um, but that was very few. Uh, most people saw the wisdom of it, and I I think it was one of the most I don't know, wise and for for thinking uh, thing that we we've done is to say we're even though, you know, right now, maybe it doesn't look like we need it. We know we're going to need it. Mm-hmm. And to develop that and to put it in place and, and to have it in place as we grew, I think was very, very important. But, you know, as we do that, it doesn't doesn't really prohibit people from serving. It just makes sure that those who are serving um, are in the right place and that they're qualified and that, you know, there's, we're protecting them and they, they we're protecting our kids in the meantime. Um, but, I mean, it's it's vital that whatever, you know, um, position you may serve in the church, I mean, the church needs your support. The church needs you to serve. And I think spiritually speaking, people need to serve. It, it's a part of their growth. If they're going to continue to grow spiritually, they're going to have to find some way to serve. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the whole point is that, uh, you know, all of us are called some way or other to serve the Lord if we're called as Christians and uh, the church, I mean, you can serve outside the walls for sure. And, uh, but the church also needs a lot of people to get mm-hmm. things done. And uh, so if people
1: want to check out our policy, it's on our church website, FirstBaptistalito.com. You go into the children's ministry section and you'll see that policy will pop up. And we've updated it a few times over the years, but it has requirements for volunteers. And as leadership, we have to complete, we have to always be putting that forward and Mm -hmm. reminding people of it and implementing it. Um, And uh, so that's where the framework of our ministry is. So I just wanted to put that out there.
0: Yep. Very good. All right. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time.